Please stand for the reading of God's word. As a reminder, we stand out of reverence and awe for God and for his word. Today's scripture reading is from John 6, verses 66 through 68. Go ahead. After this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So Jesus said to the twelve, Do you want to go away as well? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, whom shall we go to? You have the words of eternal life. Good job. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated. Hey, what's up? Good morning, Redemption Tucson. My name is Dave. I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm glad to be able to be together, though I wish we were in person. Uh, I hope you're gathering in some way, however you're able, with others and growing in community. Um, I do want to let you know if you're new or, or you've never heard me preach before that I have a stutter, and so that will kind of come in and out as I, as I go. And we're in John chapter 6, verse 60 through 71, and, and so I want to ask you to, um, to, to, to go ahead and turn there with me, and, and we'll get into our, our time uh, together in God's word. So let me let me pray, and we'll we'll kind of pick back up where we've been the last couple of weeks as Je- Jesus is interacting with the crowd. So let's let's pray here together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. I pray that your Spirit is at work, that somehow, um, Lord, you are at work and. You are knitting us together as your people all over Tucson, whether we're in homes or in different places, whether we're alone or, or, or with others. Um, right now, Lord, I, I pray that we are your people. We are the, the body of Christ and you are our head. And I pray that you will use this time in your scriptures to shape us, to grow us, to encourage us, to convict us, and Lord, to lead us more and more to be uh, conformed to your image. It's in your name we pray, Lord Jesus. Amen. I've had the privilege of officiating a number of weddings and uh, actually, even especially in this COVID season, I have a couple more coming up in February. Y'all know who you are, some some folks in our church. There's been COVID weddings, COVID engagements, COVID babies, right? All kinds of different things. Well, one thing in the, in the years of the many weddings I've gotten to officiate, something that's never happened is no one's ever stopped me during the vows, all right. I don't know if you can think back to if you're married or you can you've been to a wedding, and um, I, I always take it really seriously. That's kind of it's not somber, but it's it's a it's a, a heavy moment when the groom and the bride exchange vows with each other, and, and they and they 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 are laying out what the covenant relationship will look like. And we spend a lot of time in pre-marriage counseling talking about it. So usually they know what's going into it. Um, and they're just kind of, they're right. They're all goo goo eyes, kind of batting eyes at each other. They're just, and they're just saying, they're repeating after me, but um, no one's ever stopped when I've said, repeat after me, you know, I covenant to, um, to be with you uh, in, in wealth or in poverty, in health or in sickness, whether crying or laughing. No one's ever been like, whoa, like, like, like how poor, 
Like that's, that's, that's a hard thing. You're like, how sick, right? How much crying? Like, let's, let's define this a little, little bit. I don't know if I'm going to go all in here. Um, and I think, again, it's in part because people have already thought about it and they know what's going into it. But um, it also might be that in our culture, we're used to saying some things, some deep, heavy things. And then down the road, when it's maybe challenged, we circle back and like, oh, well, I didn't really think about the implications or I didn't really mean all that. Well, in this passage that we're looking at right now, the people do stop Jesus. And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, what? And he responds and he pushes back because he says some hard things. And again, I want you to hear if you're a Christian, if you're a follower of Jesus, or if you're not, all right, I want to be upfront and and I want us to, to grow in looking like in the face of the reality of what it means to follow Jesus, okay? Because he does say some hard things that if he's not God and if he's not um, stuff that he's and the one defining what life looks like, then then it's it's crazy stuff that he's saying, All right? So, so with that, pick up with me in John chapter six, in verse 60. When many of his disciples heard it, they said, this is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? But Jesus, knowing in himself that his disciples were grumbling about this, he said to them, do you take offense at this? Okay, then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? So it, okay, the hard saying that Jesus said is, um, you need to eat of my flesh and drink my blood. And again, in kind of Christian culture, we can just get used to like, yeah, yeah, you know. And, and uh, I don't know if you've ever seen this. There's some different videos that have been made and stuff that it's actually pretty funny. It shows people worshiping and, and there are like non-Christians around and, and people are like caught up in the moment. And then they're saying things like this, this one clip, someone's just saying avocado, but in like a, in like a really emotional way and just like, avocado. And the person next to is like, what? Like, what does that mean? And they're just like, oh, just, just go with it, right? Just get in the moment. And sadly, we do that with these phrases. And again, Jesus says, you have to eat my flesh and drink my blood in order to participate in my kingdom. And then more positively, he says, if you eat of my body and drink of my blood, you will participate in my kingdom. You will be a part of my kingdom for all eternity and I will hold on to you and cling to you and, and keep you close to me. And, 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 and rightly so, these disciples are like, wait, what? Now, again, let me just explain these, these, these disciples it are not, it's not just Peter and John and James and Andrew. Okay. It's not just those, those disciples and, 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 and the 12. This is likely somewhere between the 5,000 to 15,000 that he fed and the 12. It's likely something around like 70 or so people. Okay, so there was a group. So there was the inner circle, his closer disciples who become the apostles. And then there's this other group of disciples who kind of, and that, that, that crowd grows and shrinks as Jesus says stuff um, that, that challenge them. So all those people are like, wait, what? This is a hard saying. And I just want to acknowledge it is a hard saying. And just like we saw last week, Jesus doesn't just go like, oh, let me think of a way to make it um, like easier to swallow. 
let me make it more palatable. Sadly, we tend to do that. I, I confess my own heart as a pastor, it's not easy when you see people like walking away. Right? You, you're, you're tempted to be like, whoa, whoa, wait, wait, hold on. Like, let me change that. Let me, you know, let me, let me uh, kind of do some, some verbal gymnastics to keep butts in the seat, right? And, and Jesus never does that. In fact, he, 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 he presses in just like we saw last week on why it is that, that people see this as such a hard saying. He, he says this um, now in verse 63, it is the spirit, who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. Okay. So the flesh is, um, is think of it as you outside of God intervening. Okay. It's your thoughts, your heart, your, um, intellect, your, your experience, your education, your background, all these different things. Jesus says all that. He doesn't say it doesn't matter. It's not important, but he says, it's not helpful to get you to God. It's not going to get you to seeing him and his truth and to relating with him. Okay. He says, no, the spirit is what is needed. And he goes on the words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life, but there are some of you who do not believe. Now again, remember that word belief is not just intellectual knowledge in a sense. It's, it's, it's all in trust. It's, it's, I have nowhere else to go. I, you, I, my, my food and my, my water, the sustenance for life is, is you, Jesus. Okay. That's what he's referring to when he says, you have to eat my, my flesh and drink of my, my blood. And so, um, and then he says he knew from the beginning, those who would not believe and who it was who would betray him. And he said, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted him by the father. Okay. If that's confusing to you, I want to encourage you to circle back last week. There's uh, send us an email. Okay. At Tucson at redemptionaz.com. I'd love to dialogue with you over that. I think it's really important theology to understand as again, Jonah chapter two, that salvation belongs to our Lord, that, that he is, is the author, the initiator, the, the one who guides through the whole process of going from death to life. Okay, and, and Jesus says um, right here, like outside of the spirit, you, you, you won't see. You won't respond to Jesus. You won't follow him. And so you might be asking the question, well, how do I know? Okay, let me just, just again pause and speak to all of us. If you're a Christian, I want to encourage you and maybe exhort you that if you're a follower of Jesus, you're a miracle. You are evidence of him intervening, intervening, interceding in your heart, giving you eyes to see and ears to hear. Your, your faith is not your own. It, it never was. So how you live your Christian life, how you navigate through your faith, spending time with him, praying for him, asking for his help. Again, not trying to be a good person through your efforts, but, but understanding that you need the spirit, the same spirit that gives life now leads through all of life. Amen. And, and so that's, that's the, the call and, and the charge. If you're not a Christian, I want to encourage you like in this moment, uh, God is pursuing you. 
the fact that you either stumbled upon this YouTube video or you're with someone else right now or you're in some way you're coming across God being and his word and his life and his message, his good news of how you come to life through faith in Jesus, through acknowledging that you and I have rebelled against our creator and that, the, that, that, that deserves death, separation from him, that the world is not the way it should be. And then that he loves you so much that he sent his son, Jesus, to live the perfect life that we were all created to live in perfect, holy, reconciled relationship with his father. He never strayed. He never rebelled, but then he gave of himself. We have a, a cross here, okay, that, that reminds us that that's what it took, that in order to put death to death, Jesus died on a cross. And then he rose from the dead, and then he said, through faith in him, through, through belief, through trust in him, you and I can have eternal, abundant, rich life. Is, is God pursuing you right now? Do you feel or sense him? Do you see your eyes opening to the good news of life through Jesus? And then you also might ask, well, how do I know? Well, here's, um, I think verse 66 is, is a helpful um, place for us to go. So in verse 66, what happened? After this, okay, after Jesus said all these things, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. Let me ask a couple of questions. First, who in your life would ask that kind of question of you? that would potentially lead you to well, walking away. Um, a, good, a good friend of mine, Luke Simmons, he's the lead pastor at Redemption Gateway. Um, each week uh, before the sermon that we're about to preach, uh, 10 days out, all the different pastors get together. We kind of trade notes and talk and different things like that. And, and, and he shared a story and he said, this is the verse that led me to Christ. This is, this is the verse that was shared with me when I came to faith in Jesus. You might wonder, wait a minute, did I miss something here? Again, it's verse 66. After this, after all that Jesus has just said, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. Well, he, um, when he was, so he was in high school and he was a part of a, a pretty cool thing that was going on in his school. And lots of people started to go to Bible studies and, and, and profess faith in Jesus and all these different things. And so he would have considered himself a Christian at this point for about a year. I think he had been um, in this kind of Christian environment and this older person m met with him week in and week out. They actually read through John. And this guy, when they got to this verse, looked at Luke in the eye and said, Luke, I think you would be one of the people who would walk away from Jesus. And Luke said he was mad, right? You can only imagine again, like, that's a pretty bold thing to say. He looked at him in the eyes and was like, I think you would walk away. And, and, and he said, and he kind of challenged him to say, I think your faith is pretty convenient. And again, I wasn't there, but, but from what I understand from what Luke said, he kind of painted the picture of what his faith looked like. Uh, you and I need to consider that. What, what are some of the things? What is our faith journey, our faith story? Is it, do we assume, oh, well, I, I 
go to church. I do these things. Therefore, I'm, I'm good. You know, I'm, 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 a, I'm, a, I'm a Christian. So again, I want to ask you two questions. First is, who would in your life look at you and ask that kind of hard question? Is there anyone? Is there anyone who you are that kind of person in their life? Where, where you love enough to say, I'm, I'm worried about you. I'm concerned about you. If these kinds of things in your life have, have, have caused concern for me that, that you might stray. Okay, so that's the first question. And, and we see that Jesus is full, perfectly full of truth and grace. In, in John chapter one, that's how Jesus is referred to. He is, he, is, he is full of grace and truth. Okay, grace is undeserved favor and truth is, is that kind of thing. It's, it's, it's in your face. It's this is what it means to have life. It's, it's I love you too much to withhold this from you. And, and I actually just heard a song earlier today that, that um, talked about, that uh, t- talked about comforting, comforting grace and challenging truth. Okay. It, it's, it can be very uncomfortable, but in God's pursuit and his love and his care, his concern by his grace, he's put people in our lives, I hope. And, and if not, I encourage you to consider who else that might be, who would, who would love you enough to ask you that question. I want to right now love you enough to ask you that question. So that's the second question is this, what would cause you to walk away? Okay, pause for a moment, consider, think about, think about your life. Think about all, all that's gone on in your life. It might be a, a church example, mentor, leader, a pastor, Okay, all of the pastors here at Redemption, and, and uh, we understand the weight and the seriousness of what we've been called into. Because sadly, even over the last couple of years, we've seen some people that, 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 have been, that have written books, that have preached tons of sermons, that have slipped and have walked away. And sadly, in most cases, there is carnage. There's people who, who said, well, this is what my faith looks like. And I kind of, I lean heavily on this person. And then when that person walks away, they say, well, I guess it was all for naught. So that's on us, those who have been called to lead, to shepherd, but it's also on you. Would that cause you to fall away? Would it be the loss of a loved one, a spouse or a parent or a sibling or a child gone too soon? Would it be the inability to have children? Um, Perhaps a life stage that you feel like you're stuck in and you wish you weren't in. Maybe you're single and you're like, God, I've made my request known to you. I, I've, I, I don't want to be in this place. Why? And at some point, just like, yeah, I guess, I guess God doesn't want what's best for me. Or maybe it's the opposite. Maybe you've thought for a long time, this is where real life is found. But then you found, well, I, maybe I don't really need Jesus, I can have pleasure and joy and fulfillment and, all, and, and it's the, the cost outweighs the benefit. Maybe that would lead you to walk away. And again, I want to love you enough to acknowledge um, that, that, that we are tempted like sheep to go astray, each one to his own way. What we're tempted, the world around us is constantly giving us a m- message that we can find life elsewhere. So again, I want to just ask you to consider where else would you look for life? 
because that's what his disciples, okay, pick up with me now at the end in, um, in, in verse... In verse 67, so Jesus turned to the 12 now, okay? So it's this bigger group. Now he turns to the 12 and he looks at him and he says, do you want to go away as well? He just calls it out, right? Jesus, I've been so enamored with Jesus through John. He doesn't have all the platitudes. He's not like, man, all these other people are leaving. Now I'm going to turn on these people. Maybe my closest circle is going to leave too. He loves them too much to just kind of pretend or to move on from the awkward conversation. He says, are, are you going to leave too? And then verse 68, Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Where else are we going to go? We have no plan B. We've gone all in. You're, you're it. We've, we've, we've gone there enough. We've, we've said it uh, publicly enough. Our hope, our life has been shaped enough by, by you. Where else are we going to go? Now, until... Um, Jesus ascends to the right hand of the Father and, and then the Spirit is sent to, in, to, to seal, to indwell, to lead and guide. We'll see that Peter makes some bold proclamations and then doubles back on them and doesn't, doesn't really mean it and stuff until he sees Jesus risen from the dead and then ascending to the right hand of God the Father and then sending the Holy Spirit. That's Acts chapter two, that's Pentecost. It, from that point on, everyone, you, me, Anyone who puts their trust in Jesus is now filled, sealed, um, indwelt by God, the Holy Spirit. And, and, and that's where our, our conscience, our, our what it means to be convicted, to be compelled and, and led to live all of life, all for Jesus. Okay, so Peter makes this proclamation. So what, what does that look like? All right, let me kind of land the plane here for us. Just consider like, what does it really look like to not walk away and to look at Jesus and to acknowledge you're where life is found. There's nowhere else I can go. Um, one author and theologian, Paul Tripp, um, says this. He says, you know that God is working out his eternal plan. It means that he is moving things toward the final conclusion. You can't see it every day, but you know it's true. In the middle of your sadness, there is celebration. Because you've read the final chapter, you know how God's story is going to end. Okay, if that's what it looks like in that moment, in this season, all right, to, to look at Jesus and to see people sadly walking away. And let me be really clear. That doesn't mean going to a different church. All right, that's sad if that happens. That has happened over the years that hopefully we'll even, we'll help people get connected to a church that will be a better fit where they can worship Jesus and follow him and submit to leadership and be, be discipled. If there's a, a better fit, then, then we want to see people, right, living all of life all for Jesus and growing as followers of Christ. That's, that's the goal. This is walking away from, from Jesus, and as we, we see that, sadly, again, in public figures and people we know, 
and love. I was talking to Keith, someone that we both know for, for years, just seeing, choosing to walk a different direction right now, to, to not press in, to not live all of life submitted to Christ and honoring him. And sadly, in my now 41 years, I've seen that far too many times. And so what Paul Tripp shares is it means in that moment, you're walking through life, you're struggling, you're tempted to walk away. You pause, you, you pray, you, you acknowledge Jesus, you've given me life. What I once knew to be true, I'm struggling with right now. But then again, by his help, by his grace, through community, even maybe through conversation, through redemption community, through Bible study, you're reminded that this isn't the whole story. What, where I'm at right now, what I'm struggling with, where I thought, I thought if I got this, I would be fulfilled. I thought, I thought if this was taken away, I'd be devastated. I thought if I lost this person or this, this, this relationship or this experience or this way of life, I would be wrecked. I would be undone. But the end has already been declared and promised and sealed. The final chapter is what I'm marching toward. Okay, that's what Jesus promises. If you've been entrusted to me, I won't let you be taken from my hands. I won't let you wander and stray off. I, I will pursue you. I will, I will fulfill what I began, Jesus said. I will take you to the end. Let me give you a really like maybe silly but anecdotal story from my own life. All right, um, a few year, years ago, some very generous people gave us some money to buy a new, new car. Some of you guys know my, my story. And um, I got this, this new car. I actually um, hired another pastor. Um, none of you know him. He isn't here in Tucson, but um, who, who kind of had this side business where he'd find cars and then help you, you know, and do all the work. So I hired him because I didn't want to get hustled, right? And I got this car. And uh, I drove up to Phoenix. It was a whole long process. And I got the car and I'm driving back to Tucson and, 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 I, and I pulled into my driveway and my kids, of course, they were out, outside all excited, right? And I don't think it had anything to do with the fact that I said, hey, let's go celebrate to Cold Stone. Didn't have anything to do with that, right? They just wanted to encourage me. Um, but we, we, we were talking and while my wife and I were all, we're at Cold Stone, right? We're hanging out and eating ice cream and I got kind of choked up and I just told her, I was like, it's crazy, but for the first time in my life, I, I, like driving into our driveway, I, I didn't feel core. And I like grew up very poor, low income. Our cars were constantly breaking down, right? Hoopties, I don't know if you guys know that song. Hoopty rolling, tailpipe dragging, homies in the backseat, pants are sagging. You don't know anything about that. But anyway, that was my life. And, um, and, and, I'm, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm just so used to that. Like mom's in the car going to take us to school or church or some sporting event and turn that and like, and then sometimes we'd pray, right? We we're laying hands on the car and sometimes it would start again. Sometimes it wouldn't. And, 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 and that was just life. And it just constantly felt like that. And for the first time in my life, I felt like, man, we've got two cars that, you know, the check engine lights off more often than it's on. And, and, you know, things are good and it feels good. Well, fast forward, I don't need to tell you all the story. It broke. It was a total lemon, right? I got hustled, right? It, um, it, it wasn't a good situation. And it was, I was so broken and just so bummed. That's silly, but I mean, it, you can see where you just think like, really? Again? I don't know your story. 
That's small. But I can tell you in that moment, it felt so real. I felt like, man, God, why like, well, why? Why, do, why am I getting hustled? Why, why I just needed a breakthrough. I needed to feel, you know, like I kind of could finally like get my head above water. And, th- and to be fair, I'm nowhere near poor right now, okay? I don't even want to pretend like woe is me anything. God has provided abundantly. My family is, we're good, we're, we're set. But it's like, what was going on in my heart there? And what it means to see Jesus clearly doesn't mean you pretend, you hide it. Oh, just, you know, slap on a smile, right? But it means that you're able in that moment to look and say, this isn't it. In Christ and in Christ alone, life is found. It means that the Spirit opens your eyes and your heart and, and anchors you on the, on the foundation that hope is found only in Christ. So right before I pray, I want to ask you to, to consider and even to talk to anyone else if you're with them, may, maybe throughout this week, what um, those, those couple of questions. All right, first is, um, what would lead you to walk away from Jesus? Is there anything? I don't want to scare you, but I, I want to encourage you to actually consider, God, is there anything right now that if it was taken away from me or if it happened to me, I might stray from you. And don't be afraid. He's not afraid of that. But maybe acknowledge it, look at it and say, Lord, give me the strength. I don't have the strength on my own. Give me the strength. Anchor me in your word, the words of eternal life to faithfully walk with you to the very end. And then the the second question, the last question is just, is there anywhere else you're tempted to look for life? Can you join Peter in saying, Jesus, where would I go? You're where life is found. You alone are where I find life. I think we're all tempted to find life elsewhere. And again, you could fill in the blank. We've talked a lot about it. An experience, a relationship, a a way we look at ourselves, whatever it might be, a, a new car, right? Whatever it is. Is there anywhere else you look for life? Let's pray and respond together to the one who alone gives lasting, rich, hope-filled life, Jesus. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. Lord, thank you for your word. Um, Thank you for your spirit you've sent and you've given to shape us. Um, Lord, I pray that now you will work in each of our hearts individually. I can't see who is watching and what the context is, what this last week has been like, but I pray Lord, that, and I know that you do. I pray that by your spirit right now, Lord, that you will, you will speak, you will convict, you will encourage. Lord, you will lead us all to life in you, Lord Jesus. Amen.